Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! Here with you on a Friday morning, and it really is Friday morning as we're recording, 121 out here in Omaha. Uh, by the time many of you listen to this, we should be in the car. Headed back to Starkville, Mississippi, because the College World Series has ended as far as Mississippi State is concerned. A 4-3 loss in walk-off fashion to the Louisville Cardinals ends the Bulldog season, 52-15 and overall. Before we get into all that, let's talk. take a minute and thank all of our listeners out there. Maybe fewer today than usual. A lot of people may not want to relive the heartbreak, and I totally get that. Um, But, of course, if you're listening to us, wherever you're listening to us, however you're listening to us, especially our servicemen and women across the globe protecting us, we do appreciate you. Appreciate our sponsor over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churning Spoon Ice Cream. Joel T. would be all over some brew right now. I don't know. All over it. We're getting up early to go to get back to Starkville. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know that I need it right now. Yeah, we need to wind down. We got to get to bed. What this is going to be, guys, it's going to be a counseling session. It really is. It really is. And we're all going to. At least the ones here in this hotel room. Um, we're not sharing a hotel room. No. Thunder and Lightning and I. But, uh, Let me turn off this air conditioner. Sure but uh, this is going to help us sleep tonight. Yeah, I think we're going to get some stuff off our chest. This is going to help you guys as you listen get through your day. We're all just going to sit around and, and kind of... Uh, we're going get, to get each other through this. Let's start with something painful, though. Did you think the game was in hand at 3 nothing? Did you feel like they, like they, had, it, they had it under control? I think I told you it looked like I needed to start getting ready to do my laundry. Because, yeah, spoiler, right. alert, spoiler alert, had, had State won, it was going to be laundry it was day. Laundry day. It, you know, I, I was, I'm at the end uh, of what I brought. So uh, it was going to be laundry day, and State was up 3 nothing, bottom of the seventh. And uh, yeah, thought we, it was about time to do some laundry. just fell off there. Alas. Mississippi State. Not the case. Jared Lee Bell and Cole Gordon have been so reliable all year, and nothing kills you like a leadoff walk. Especially two of them, and then a couple of defensive errors, and just not not errors, but just miscalculations, mis- misjudgments, balls just getting through, uh, and a three nothing lead within two innings was a four three loss for Mississippi State in the end of the season. We asked this question a week ago. Now that it's over, obviously you know short memory here, but this season successful or not? Successful, yes. It's hard to say that a season that went to Omaha is not a success. Very true. Disappointing, yes, still. I think I think if we asked Jake Mangum, he'd tell us the same thing. I, I think you're right. And, and probably I mean, Chris Lamonis, too. This was – look, you and I said it. This was one of the, what, three, four best teams in MSU history? Probably. I would rank um, this team there with 85, 16 – you got to get to Omaha for me. So the 89 team, they're out. They're out of the discussion. Well, as good the 16 as they were. team didn't get to Omaha. I guess you're right, yeah. Hmm. Then I, I guess I'm, gonna cha- I'm, a, I'm changing the Pantheon on the fly. 89-16, this one, maybe 97 for me. Those are your top five. I mean, and, and, and no, I'm not going to try to rank them. Yeah. But, but yeah, uh, it's, it's one of the best teams in history. So it's – anytime you get to Omaha and you don't win at all, it's hard, man, because – I really feel like, and I, I'm in this boat too. You know, I'm a just turned 34 the other day up here in Omaha, Nebraska. You and Robbie yeah. treated me to a great steak. I appreciate that. Um, I've only been on this earth for 34 years, but it feels like, and I, you know, I've been around Mississippi State my entire life. It feels like that Omaha is almost a yearly possibility for this team, and it is. I mean, this team goes to Omaha, what every on average every four or five years. I mean. 
every single year you go into the year, State has a chance to get to Omaha, so you almost take it for granted. But this is special, you know. Not every team in the country gets to come here. Um, I'm not. This is not a poke fun of Ole Miss show, but just ask Ole Miss how tough it is to get to Omaha. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, great I think teams. Mi- I, I think that Mississippi State probably fans take it for granted a little bit sometimes how, how special this might be, right. and and it's special when you get here. And and so many times State has gotten here, and now eleven times they've walked away with not a darn thing. Yeah, and that hurts. And there's no guarantee, despite the fact it seems like it happens every year. There's no guarantee you get back here. You know, you and I and Bobby walked out of the stadium a while ago, and we took pictures and crap. And quite frankly, I, I even posted on Instagram. You know, I have a feeling we'll meet again. Mm-hmm. I, and I think we will. You know, we could I, be back here next year. You and I could very well be back here next year. Could very well, you know, not. Yeah. Though. Too. And the postseason is a, is a different animal. Yeah. Great teams go down. You know, UCLA was the number one team in the nation most of the season. Yeah. They couldn't get out of their own regional. Or, uh, yeah, out of their own super regional. Yeah. And so uh, where I was going with that, though, is when you get here and you don't win at all, it is incredibly disappointing because there is no guarantee that you're getting back anytime right. soon. You right. think you will. You feel like you will. But there's no guarantee of that. And, and so you got here and, and you just didn't get the job done yeah. again. What is the legacy of Jake Mangum? Now his career is, is done at Mississippi State. Is he the greatest player in the history of Mississippi State baseball? I don't know that he will be the greatest in the history because is he greater than Clark? Is he greater than Palmero? Well, here's what I would tell I, I here's what I would tell you to that. He went to Omaha twice. Yeah. They only went once. He holds records, they hold records. He won an SEC championship, they won SEC championships. Uh, I mean, everything that they did, he did, and a little bit more. And I'm telling you right now that in the middle of the right field pavilion, there should be a statue of Jake Mangum commissioned in the near future. In my opinion. Yeah. I, I don't think that'll happen anytime Not soon. Not in the near future. Um, and it should be of his catch in the Super Regional. Yeah, that was the Grand Slam catch. Mighty, what a catch. Um, but I think between his performance and between his – the level of respect that he has for the Mississippi State program, the level of love that he's had for it. And, and guys, you, you know probably, you watch a lot of these press conferences and you watch a lot of the things that Jake Mangum says and read a lot of the things that he says. I mean, he is he's not putting on a show, guys. He loves no. this place. This place, I sat in that press conference room with him tonight and, and then went and talked to him again in the locker room when all that was said and done. And... The tears coming out of his face as he talked. I mean, look, you know, I've never cried in a press conference in my life. I wasn't going to start tonight. But if ever I was going to, it was going to be in talking to Jake Mangum tonight because you could see the hurt on his face. He talked about how he and that freshman class coming in – you know, they they were going to bring the first championship to Mississippi State, and they tried like heck for four years and didn't get the job done. And and there was a ton of pain on that guy's face, and it was every bit of it was genuine. I know there were other guys crying too. You know, I, I, Cole Gordon, he thinks a heck of a lot of Mississippi State. Elijah McNamee loves some Mississippi State. But Jake Mangum is the bell cow. He is the guy that four years ago was the SEC freshman of the year. He is the guy that is – the all-time hits leader now, both at MSU and SEC history. He's the guy that's a single-season hits leader now. Broke that record 
against Louisville, you know, final game of the season on Thursday night, final game of his career. He is just absolutely everything um, for, for that this university, I think, wants to stand for. Stand-up guy. I mean, his last words tonight in a formal press conference setting as a Mississippi State Bulldog wasn't about Jake Mangum. It was about adding a third-paid assistant, um, and, and he was – basically sticking his chest out and sticking his neck out a little bit for college baseball. I mean, he, he's that kind of guy. Like he, he's, yeah. he, he is, I don't know, bigger than this. If ever a player was a little bit bigger than the program, so he, he is a little bit like I, the Dak of baseball. I, I imagine, Joel. And so, yeah, is he the greatest? I may have just talked myself into it. When you consider the entire package, yeah, he, he darn sure may be. I imagine, Joel, that if Thunder and Lightning, the podcast, had existed in 1985, we'd be asking these questions about Clark and Palmero. These yeah. same these same questions, you know, are they do, do players can players transcend a program? Absolutely, Dak Prescott transcends Mississippi State football. I would say Victoria Vivian's transcends Mississippi State women's basketball. For men's basketball, I don't know if there's that guy so much. I mean. Maybe it's Daryl Wilson or Eric Dampier. I don't know. But there's, there's not that one guy. Even Bailey Howell is not that guy. But for baseball, for so long it's been Clark and Palmero. I think there's a new guy there. I think it's Jake Mangum. I think if you said pick one guy, I'm going to pick Jake Mangum. Well, and I think that part of it is a little bit, when you think of Will Clark, you think of Palmero. When you think of Palmero, you think of Will Clark. I don't Clark. think of anybody like with Mangum. Mangum when is you think of Mangum, alone. you think of Mangum. Yeah. You know, he's a, he's a standalone figure you know if you were to make a mount rushmore he's darn sure on that yeah and oh he's definitely for players i would say the only question now who's the fourth guy the four it used to be for me it was clark palmero rooker mangum and now and then mangum was like do you put mangum on or not now it's clark palmero mangum and do you keep rooker on or not i don't know Triple Crown guy had a couple good seasons for yeah. sure. great seasons, yeah, really. No question. So, so yeah, I mean But that's a question for another that's day. That's a question I guess. for another day. But when you look at this team and how they performed tonight and how they performed this season, and you think about Chris Lamonis in his first year, you have to be excited about the future with him. Yeah. Because if nothing else, bar and that look, nobody saw what happened with Canazero happening back in June of that year. But you have to be excited for the fact that next year Mississippi State is going to have the same guy in the dugout, the same guy leading the program, the same guy calling the shots. And this is a program that's, that, despite all the turbulence of four straight Super Regionals, and people are going to be like, what is that crinkling noise, Joel? Guys, it's one thirty. He's I eating a had, bag of chips. I had, had supper. I'm eating a bag of baked <laughs> ruffles, if you must know. So there but, you go. you know – to have that guy there, and like I said, for a program that's done four straight Super Regionals, despite having four different head coaches, th- that thought has to be a pretty pleasing one to Mississippi State fans everywhere because this program has lacked two things over the last four years, a national title and stability. Well, you're getting one of them, and you have to think that that will help lead to the, ne- the next one. Yeah, and, you know, I trust Jake Mangum's opinion a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. I trust Elijah McNamee's opinion heck of a lot. Yeah, a lot of Th- respect for those. Those guys. guys, they're in. They're absolutely in love with what they think Chris Lamonis is fixing to do. Yeah, here, I mean, and 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 this isn't just the type of yeah he's going to really have no these these guys really believe that that Chris Lamonis is going to have Mississippi State in this situation year after year after year after year after year. It's tough for me to say anything different. He made a decision in the game tonight 
that makes me think that he knows what it takes to continually bring in top talent to Mississippi State. To pull JT again? He pulled JT again at 80 pitches. Yeah. He uh, and, and that's a second-guessable decision. It is a very second-guessable decision. And here's the thing. Ginn, we haven't really talked about Ginn. He was rolling. He get he looked like now his velocity was down a bit. It was down, but a touch. he pitched beautifully. He did. He did. Six innings, thing up, three hits, no runs, no runs. Uh, did everything. He had MSU set to do what it had to do on Friday to get to Saturday and Ethan Small. Yep. And, and you could have easily sent him out there at eighty-one pitches in the seventh inning. Yeah. And and, and in fact, uh, I think sitting there by Robbie Falk, I said I probably would have sent JT back out there, and then if anybody got on base, then pull him. Yeah. But. That's not. I asked Chris about it in the in the post game press conference, and and he was saying that actually coming into the game they had set for JT to only go five innings, yeah, and may or seventy five pitches, yeah. But he was being so efficient, they were like, no, let's send him out for the six, yeah. And then six eighty one pitches, they weren't going to stretch him any further. They right. were just like, this is it. And his final quote to me in that very answer was, "As big as this is, talking about the national championship and conference yeah. series, it's not bigger than JT Ginn's career." Yeah. That's, when you say when you say crap like that's what that, all the recruits want to hear. That that's something that somebody's mama and somebody's daddy. I talked about that today. That very thing today on Sports Talk Mississippi. Oh, I guess I should say yesterday. Now that it's one of those things you sacrifice the short term for the long term because if you can get two or three JT Gins, you're going to win a national championship. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's going to be a top talent somewhere and a top talents mama and daddy somewhere that's going to say are you going to take care of my baby boy's arm because that's his ticket that's his meal ticket for the rest of his life and chris lamonis is going to say i sure am i mean you, Lam- you go ask jt again how much i'll take and care he was of your setting arm. himself up to be second guest with not pitching small tomorrow which was not going to happen so that was that was, he was setting himself up you know, the handling of this pitching staff was very second guessable the, the whole way through but at no time was was lamonis going to risk somebody's health for it and as a fan, that's sort of tough to swallow because you want to have the guys who are like, I'll go out there and pitch till my arm falls off and all that. And that's, that's great, but it's not, it's not sustainable over a long time. It just isn't. He, you're, you're right. The Ethan Small decision to push him back. I mean, yeah. he obviously, That's not playing to win the national title, to be totally He obviously prioritized the comfort and the health of his two golden goose, you know, starting pitcher, first round, you know, two first round guys, guys that have already been picked in the first round for Ethan this year and JT. Last year, he's obviously letting it be known that in the grand scheme of everything, the most important thing is their health and their career. Because you look, look, you go and blow out JT Ginn's arm. That's a kid that can make millions upon millions of dollars yeah. in his career. You'll never you get go blow kid his like arm again. out. Yeah, yeah. You, you good luck getting another JT Ginn caliber player yeah. at Mississippi State and things. So, so it's so big to do that and things. And I know that. You know, it's frustrating sometimes for fans. But look, it's not like he pulled JT Ginn and then threw, you know, some random dude out of the stands out there. He threw three arms out or two arms out there. That have been good all year. Yeah. And I've always been a guy, too. I know I just said that I'd throw JT Ginn back out there in the seventh and if a base runner got on or whatever, then pull him. But I've always been a guy, too, that I'd rather you pull a pitcher – Two or three pitches too early, then two or three pitches too late. Yeah, and and so I have no problem with going to a arm that you know is fresh that's mm-hmm. gotten the job done all year long, like Lee Bell. It just and, didn't and work Gordon. out. Just didn't work out. They didn't throw strikes. And look, I, I know that we had somebody that mentioned to us on Twitter talking about how if we didn't complain about the umps on this show, they were going to quit listening for a couple of days. Look, the strike zone was tight. It was tight. Strike zone was at times maybe even awful. You know, I, we're sitting behind the plate. Chris Lamonis thought it was. 
Yeah, he did. Yeah, he and gave us the old no comment there in post. He gave us the old no comment, and and uh, and a, a player that I will not identify um, got him pretty good in the in the locker room. Oh, to, oh, now I need, would have loved. There's going to gonna be some thunder and lightning post game yeah, action here when I find would, out who that is. Would have loved to have gotten. In, you know, I'm going to assume a senior. Have, um, uh, but anyway, you would be. Hitting around the right bush okay. for that. We'll, but, we'll talk about that later. So, so anyway, yeah, that, that was part of it. But you know what, guys? That's part of the game of baseball. Sometimes you run into an ump that has a terrible strike zone. And so you can't really blame that. Um, you, you had a couple of pitchers out there that had to deal with a tough strike zone, and they walked batters. You know, three of the four runs that Louisville scored came on walks. Mm-hmm. You know, the two leadoff walks from Lee Belt scored. Yeah. The leadoff walk from Gordon, which then got the second on an air, scored. Walks cost you the game. Yeah. And, and yeah, you can. And blame. you think about state—that's something they hadn't done a whole lot of this year. No. Walk batters. No, and, and I mean, you can kick yourself for it. You can blame the ump. You can do what you want to, but it is what it is. Uh, at some point, you know, even if the strike zone's tight, you just got to throw it over the plate. And if they hit it to the moon, they hit it to the moon. Yeah. And they, state just kind of worked itself into a bad situation. And, and Louisville—they're a good team, man. You give them opportunities, and they're going to take advantage. And they did. All right, it's late, and I don't want to talk too much more. So let's just sort of wrap this up like this. Why don't you tell me so your final thoughts? Quite frankly, I'm disappointed, you know? And it's not because this team had a bad season. Hey, they just had one of the best seasons that probably I'll ever cover. Yeah. You know, they won 52 games, isn't that right? Yeah, 52 and 15. 15. Um, it's sort of funny, after the game – there was a stat going around, and I don't remember. It was the state had won 48 straight or something like that, where they had led after seven or something like that. And so Tom Ebel and I were trying, from WCBI, were trying to figure out which game was the start of that. And we, and we were like, we were just going through the losses, and it was so easy to do because there were only 15 of them. And I was like, okay, there was this one, this one. We couldn't figure it out. I think we ended up saying it was the Auburn game. But that's something, you know, different yeah. for this team to, to, to lose like that. Yeah, but my just – being disappointed because I really, really, really thought coming into Omaha that this was yeah. State's best chance to win it. That I, ever I still had. think it was, yeah. And I still, yeah, I, I still think the problem is, the problem was, they ran into that Vandy team. Yeah. On, on, well, ended up being Wednesday. And, you know, I even predicted as we did our show that they were going to lose that game because, man, Vandy is just so good. And, and it's not, you know, it's not cheap. It's not cheating. It's not whatever. State, just luck of the draw ended up on in the wrong how, side of the br- bracket. How different is this college world game. series if state was seeded where we thought they would be on selection Monday? If they had been the four seed or the five seed, and they're on the other side of the bracket, it's just one of those little butterfly effect things, you know. Who knows? Who knows? But the bottom line is, yeah, I'm a, my. I will always look at this year as a little bit disappointing. Because I thought I was going to cover a national champion. I'll be honest with you. I kind of really yeah, thought that might we're happen. We're ready for that. And and also because, look, I'll be, Jake Mangum and Elijah McNamara are two of the, my favorite athletes that I've ever gotten to cover. Yeah. Period. You know, th- those are a, a couple of guys that um, I'm going to root for for the rest of their careers wherever they end up. Jake Mangum's about to be a Met. He's going to play the Braves one day. And I'm going to hope that he goes five for five every time he plays the Braves. And I hope the Braves win six to five yeah. and beat him in that game. But I, I will never root for Jake Mangum to get out. And, and if if the Mets beat the Braves and Jake Mangum wins a division, I'm going to be so happy for that guy. Like I, I ain't kidding you, man. I, that that it's 
you know, uh, I don't know how many people out there know how, how much I lo- you know, Dak. Of course, everybody likes Dak. Who yeah. doesn't like Dak? But but Jake Mangum and Elijah McNamee, to me, just kind of superseded so them group. a little bit just yeah. because of how well they always treated me, how how well that that they've always been. They were just easy guys, genuine guys to root for. And uh, I, I hate that for them, and for Ethan too. You know, we've been around Ethan a good bit too. Yeah. I, I don't know him quite as well as I, I, I've kind of got to know the others. But um, and Peyton and some of those seniors, I, I just really wish Cole Gordon – I wish that that was the crew that could walk around and say we were the team that yeah. finally got it done. And I think that's why it's disappointing for me because that group, that senior class, and, and look, I've been on this is my fourth baseball season on the beat to cover. Yeah. So these guys are basically the guys that I've known from the moment they stepped on campus. Right. That's this is the crew that kind of I wanted to see get it done. And unfortunately, they didn't. And so for me, there will always be a little disappointment here, but that does not mean the season was a disappointment. Yeah. Um, th- this team ended up in a spot where, you know, there's, I don't know how many D- D1 baseball teams, but a lot of teams would love for their season to end in Omaha. No, no. You know, it hurts to say goodbye. That's that's the thing I just want to take away from this, that you're saying goodbye to more than just one player, too. You're saying goodbye to more than, than just one class of players. You say goodbye to this team because, and I want to sort of steal from Dan Mullen here, you know, when they practice for the first time, when they meet for the first time without Jake Mangum and Elijah Mack, that's the new that's the birth of the new team. This team dies. This team died tonight here, you know, and a part of us all died all out here too, because we have to say goodbye. You know, and saying goodbye is the worst thing in the world. It's the hardest thing in the world. Every time you have to do it, you know, and then there are sometimes you say goodbye and you and that's it. It really is goodbye. And so that hurts. Um and you don't know what to do sometimes. Do you slam the door on it, try not to, to think about it, or do you, you know, try to remember the good times and the enjoyment and the fun and the great memories that you have and the with people that you loved? Um, and that's tough. It's a tough, tough road to hoe. Um, but the beauty of sports is that you get to do it all over again. And so as much as it hurts right now, and it does hurt, man, it hurts deep in the soul. I have no doubt about that. Uh, there's going to come a day where Joel Coleman and Brian Haydad walk back into the New Noble Field and we start – and it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird when that first batter comes to the bat, to bat and I don't hear the outfield. It's going to be a little weird, you know. It's going to be a little weird when, you know, your Friday night starter is JT Ginn, you know. And it's, some, but it's, it's, it's that way every year. It's that way every that, – that's what sports is. It's constantly about change. And, and maybe it's a metaphor for life. You know, that there's always change in life, and you have to say goodbye sometimes. As much as it sucks to say goodbye, as much as you don't want to do it, you have to. And so that's where we are today. We're going to say goodbye to Jake Mangum. You know, and we'll see, we'll see Jake Mangum again. You know, there are, some, there are some people in this team we might not ever see again. Who knows if Marshall Gilbert will ever come back to Mississippi State. Key player this year, which I never would have predicted before the season started. A guy like Josh Hatcher, who I, I didn't know if, what he could do Ended up being a big-time player for Mississippi State. A guy like Lee, Jarrett Liebelt, who last year was the white flag on this team. He was the guy who came in to lose. And this year he turned into a really good player. So we'll say goodbye to those guys. And goodbyes are not pleasant, but they are what they are. And, and we'll all move forward. And we'll all be better for it. And this was an enjoyable experience being up here in Omaha for the first time. And like you said, I don't think it's going to be my last trip here. And it may not be my last trip here in the next 365 days. So we I shall see. What, I look forward to coming back to Omaha with you. Yeah. 
and I look forward to partaking at Big Mama's house. Yes, sir. I look forward to going to Chop House 801 or wherever yeah. the heck we, was we ate that steak. Yeah. I look forward to doing all the things that, that we we've done good. here in Omaha. It's been a great trip. Uh, I, I, I look forward to maybe, you know, hitting up all good uh, printing to make some more shirts. Some, some Thank Joel you guys Mahon, for that. Stuff. We had a blast with yeah, that. Man. And, but you know uh, what else I look forward to? Winning the darn national championship. There's that. But you know what else I look forward to? <laughs> What's that? Getting back to Starville, Mississippi. I do, too. I, I can't wait to get home and hug my wife let's, and kiss my Let's get this show and, up and, and, and we'll call it a night baby we'll call it a trip. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to us while we've been up here in Omaha. We have appreciated it, and we'll talk to you on Monday morning for the next episode of Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.